Welcome to the Higher Ed Huddle, where we discuss the most relevant topics with higher ed leaders. Today's guests are Tom Davis, Vice President and CFO at California State University, Bakersfield, and Clint Davies, Principal at Barry Dunn. Tom serves as the Vice President for Business and Administration Services and Chief Financial Officer at California State University, Bakersfield. In addition to his responsibilities on the Bakersfield campus, Tom serves as various California State University statewide committees, including the CSU Chief Administrative and Business Officers, the CSU Risk Management Authority, the CSU Supplemental Retirement Plan, and the CSU Chief Information Officers Council. Tom is a licensed certified public accountant in the states of California and Texas, and began his career working with three of the big four certified public accounting firms, served as an executive for a regional bank, and has served over 25 years in senior administrative roles in higher education, including small private and large public research institutions. Clint Davies has built and leads Barry Dunn's management and IT consulting group over the past three decades. This is a team that works with clients to evaluate the use, management, and security of information technology, streamlines operations and business processes, and helps clients chart and create their future. Clint regularly works with executive leaders and teams across higher education to achieve meaningful change and realize the benefits of effective and sustainable IT organizations. Tom and Clint, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. Yeah, really pleased you've organized this. I think this is going to be a great topic. Great. Um, there's no argument that COVID is having a tremendous impact on higher education. In our time together today, let's briefly build on any lessons learned from last year and then focus on what we see as a challenges going forward, opportunities for innovation and anticipated changes. Um, so with that said, let's start with uh, reflecting on 2020. What lessons did higher education learn? Tom? Well, Joe, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, I think the, the thing we did learn is that we can do it. You know, higher education has traditionally been a dinosaur when you compare it to other industries across the country and across the world. And I'm not sure that people would have envisioned us doing what we're doing currently with technology, with virtual distance learning, and, and all the things that we've accomplished, you know, since the pandemic. I think the other thing we learned is that, uh, you know, working from home, telecommuting, that, that was something that uh, might have been thought about pre-pandemic and now has been forced upon us. And I think campuses are learning that there is an opportunity here post-pandemic to investigate um, you know, what that, what that might mean. Um, you know, as I reflect, I also think about, again, technology and telecommuting. Um, you know, at California State University, we, might, like most other institutions, didn't have many people telecommuting, and we didn't deliver that many classes online, relatively speaking. Now we've moved into an environment where predominantly all of our people are telecommuting, by and large, virtually all of our classes are being taught virtually. And, and so we're kind of kind of learning about that. And the question becomes, when we get to the other side of the pandemic, what do we, what do, we do about that? And of course, the three things that come to my mind as I think about that is number one, how would you manage the human capital? How do you manage your personnel in a remote environment? Number two, how do you support 
that personnel with information technology that's robust, best in class, great experience for the, for the employee as well as the institution it's serving. And then related to that, what does that mean to your facilities? All campuses have a lot of pressure to build more, to create more space for faculty, staff, students. And the question becomes, what happens to facilities now if in fact they're able to offload a certain demand um, you know, in that telecommuting environment? So, so those are kind of things that I, that I think about from lessons learned and where those opportunities possibly could be. Um, I think you, uh, I think the word dinosaur may be a little bit tough on, on higher ed. <laughs> However, it certainly does have a lot of institutional history and momentum. And, you know, I reflect back to almost 12 months ago uh, when, when we all um, left our offices and, and really we went through a, a big change in, in a week. We went through probably 10 years of, of change. And I think uh, what, what I saw was some trends that we were moving down in, in certain sectors. I know in our firm, for example, we had been doing an increasing amount of uh, work with remote uh, capabilities, with video conferencing. We had been using Zoom for a couple of years. Um, so it was actually as a... a, a easier acceleration um, with those trends uh, compared to some of the clients I've seen. And, and I think that's an opportunity now for, for higher ed is to really take advantage of some of these trends that have been building um, and lessons learned from, uh, uh, from multiple sectors uh, and to leverage this to, uh, to advance the agility, the flexibility, the adaptability. I really like the way you talked about those three specific areas. Um, and I think we should explore those a little bit more as we, we have this conversation. Yeah, I think you're right. And I agree with you. I, I probably was a little harsh with dinosaur, but, but I, I reflect back on when I started my career uh, in higher education, having coming out of obviously, you know, uh, working for national accounting firms, working with very well-run Fortune 500 companies. And the best lesson I learned was a, a seasoned CFO on a podcast or webinar at one point said in higher education, uh, not necessarily about efficiency, but is it effective? And his point was many times you have to make three left turns to get your right turn in higher education because of the governance process, which is you know, um, a, a real deal and, and absolutely uh, makes sense in higher education. And, you know, we, we as leaders have to embrace that and work, work through that. But we also have to set realistic expectations on how quickly can we move forward. I, I always find it a bit amusing when, it, when a new CFO joins higher education coming out of the public sector and they, they try to make some decisions and then they realize that, well, no, you can't make that decision necessarily. And, and, uh, they think, well, why not? I'm the chief financial officer. It's, it's well, that's true. You are, but you're in higher education, and there is a governance process, and you need to, you know, you need to work through that and be cognizant of that. So that, you know, that does uh, create its own unique lens as we think about higher education and and uh, moving forward. In fact, I was just reflecting on this topic. I was talking to my chief human resources officer in California and the California State University. We have seven unions, and so. You know, we have to be cognizant of that. We, we need to work 
uh, well with the unions and, and uh, you know, have them work well with us, which I think by and large, we do a good job, but that adds a whole nother layer of complexity and issues as you try to think through these things personally, especially when it comes to, you know, personnel management and issues that may uh, impact them and their, their livelihoods and their jobs. Yeah, Tom, I think that's a good point. And it leads me to my uh, next question. Um, what, what do you think are the most significant challenges facing higher education post-pandemic? Well, I, I think some of the challenges are actually probably just amplified. Uh, number one is always embracing change. And, and how do we stimulate and inspire uh, faculty and staff uh, to embrace change, to, to consider doing something different than the way we've always you know, done it before. And as we embrace that, how do we, how do we go about moving that forward? And certainly, you know, the governance structure, as I mentioned earlier, um, becomes very critical as you work to collaboratively develop some strategies that can embrace the change and move the institution forward, given the new, given the new paradigm that we're dealing with. I mean, I don't, I don't know that we will ever go back to where we were. Uh, you know, hopefully over time, we'll get back to more of a normal that, that all of us certainly look forward to and enjoy. But I think it's going to be different. And I think there's going to be opportunities out there, uh, quite frankly, to maybe do things better than we've ever imagined we could have uh, pre-pandemic. Yeah, I'll just add to that. I think you're right. Um, you know, the opportunity to actually change the way uh, institutions do ac accomplish work accomplished tasks, take advantage of some of the tools that are available, um, uh, and uh, be it uh, technology tools, be it uh, uh, management practices or, or other way, ways to motivate people. I think that, you know, the point about motivating people is really important here. And people need to see that future and see a vision of, of how, um, the, the core functions of, of um, serving the institution, of, of uh, uh, achieving student gains and success in their, their education really can be accomplished with redesigned um, uh, approaches and uh, empowering people to really take that on and to, to see the results. I think that's, you know, it, it's important to focus on how do you, uh, focus on the end in mind. How do you eliminate tasks that just don't add value and uh, redesign work in a way that really achieves the objectives in a fast and agile manner? I was just going to add that I think both of you really um, shared a point about opportunities really to make next level changes to higher education campuses and and I think innovation will play a role in that. And um, I think it's important to, uh, for leaders in higher education really to look at uh, opportunities um, to, to add value and um, really to, to move the needle. Now's the opportunity. The accelerated change we've seen in the last year has really given us a good start in that direction. And that trend will likely continue. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Joe. You know, uh, innovation, there, there's no question, is the backbone of what we do. It, uh, you know, it's got its proper place in higher education. We, we, nobody would be able to deliver the 
opportunities we're delivering to students now, unless we had information technology structures that were in place uh, to handle this. You know, as we, as we think about moving forward, we have to be cognizant of that. And we also have to be cognizant of just the changes that are occurring in, in the student demographics and the students, how they, how they receive information and how they process information. I, I reflect back where, uh, you know, we've had campuses that have said the preferred uh, communication is going to be email. Problem is, we're learning now students don't read email. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they want to be uh, texted to, they want to have chats, they, they want to have other communication systems. So I know on our campus, you know, we, we created a, a chat box and, and we have a lot of our communications now and that's grown exponentially uh, with the students. I, I reflect back on some students that I know who actually received scholarships and, and actually didn't get them because they didn't read their emails. Uh, they, they, and they, they read them, you know, after they had graduated. <laughs> and, and so I hear these stories, you know, anecdotally, and it just kind of reaffirms the, the new communication channels that, that students need to be successful. And we in higher education have to think about how do we do that? And of course, you know, information plays a big role in that. The other thing related to that is when we think about in the context of telecommuting, how do you onboard a staff member or a faculty member, how do you provide the right technology to them so that they may be successful? And then how do you manage that person in a way that helps them to continue to be productive and do the things that they need to do? And we all know that, you know, we as human beings, everybody's different. You know, I've got some staff that, you know, they're going to do fabulous in, in telecommuting. I've got other staff that that just doesn't make sense to them for, for a variety of reasons. And they actually will be, you know, better to come to campus and do that. And so the question, be, and then you've got everybody in between. And the question becomes, you know, how do you balance the well-being and productivity of your uh, human capital? And doing that, you know, basically through information technology with the onboarding and the tracking and the documenting. Yeah, just I'll, I'll add a little bit to that too. I think the, the point about focusing on, on the well-being of, of uh, people, of employees, and, and um, uh, everyone on the campus is, is probably greater than ever. I mean, we've seen that in the, the challenges of the pandemic of people being isolated and, and uh, missing the social interactions. And, and I think it, it really is benefits from a thoughtful approach to uh, helping people be very effective, to be well-rounded, to be healthy, uh, uh, both physically, but also mentally and emotionally so that, that they're able to, to uh, be a, a effective and you know, contributing member of the, of, the, uh, of the campus community. It's, you know, there's so many um, roles on campus that, uh, have uh, can benefit from just changes to how they do to rethinking some of the processes, the tasks that they undertake. And that I, I'm seeing an increased uh, momentum and interest from, from uh, quite a number of institutions to really make that happen for people so that they can, they can balance their style of work, their place of work, and effective results. It's really uh, ultimately about being able to, to do it in a 
uh, more effective way and uh, to uh, uh, accomplish it in sometimes sometimes with with just dramatic changes in you know the amount of time and effort that it takes. Yeah, I certainly see technology being a strategic enabler across campuses, and that is a, a common theme that we've been hearing over the last year is that IT now is such a strategic partner across campuses and not just an operational uh, cost center, but IT is at the table more now than in the past in having conversations about post-pandemic, what does the future look like, how we need um, the support of IT going forward. And I think innovation is gonna play a big role in that. And certainly we, um, We'll see technology that we don't have currently and that human interaction piece is, is really important and nothing can replace that. But we may see newer technologies that provide even a greater interaction or uh, a connectiveness, if you will. Um, I'm curious, you know, we're talking about innovation, we're talking about post-pandemic. What are some new developments or changes that you anticipate and this could be on your campus, Tom, or, or uh, across higher ed. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Joe. You know, I, I think um, with the pandemic, if you will, it, it's, it's opened the window a little bit into higher education. I think there's some fresh air blowing through and there, there's some opportunities there maybe to, to capitalize on that. Uh, back to your point on technology, you know, technology is not necessarily the driver, you still need your strategic plan, you still need to be centered on student success and uh, supporting faculty and staff to help the students to be successful. But information technology is clearly critical to executing your strategic plan. You have to understand where technology is, where it's going, and where you could use those opportunities to to achieve what, what, what your end in mind uh, may be. I, I think the other thing that's creating an opportunity here is when we think about the uh, you know, mental well-being of, of the country, of our students, of, of really everybody with this pandemic, you know, it, it is challenging for all of us to be so isolated, not be able to do the things that we, we need to do. As we, as we come to the other side, you know, we have to be uh, cognizant of that and and kind of address how can we do those checkpoints on the well-being of our of our faculty staff and students and 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 help ensure that they're staying connected and they're you know uh, feeling like like they feel connected and, and can do the things they need to do having said that of course there's the opportunities now if you think about quality of life and balance of life and and just the country's interest in cleaner air and cleaner environment, you know, if people don't have to go in the office five days a week and maybe they're doing it two days a week or three days a week and maybe everybody doesn't have their own office, maybe there's some kind of, a, you know, cubicle environment or shared office environment. You know, I, I think that could be where the, where the future is going to be, where you get that right balance depending on the person's job and responsibilities as to, you know, how often do they really need to be on campus uh, to continue being successful and productive in, in their role uh, that's critical to the institution. And, and so I think that's going to require management to think about that. And it's going to take some thought on how do you, 
how do you embrace that and how do you how do you implement that in a way that uh, you know everybody wins? Uh, I was talking to a few staff people the other day about this and and they actually commented about they had heard that our institution and then I'm talking about telecommuting and they wondered what that might mean and then they they also commented that well, it might be really good, you know, to, to be, they're finding they're pretty productive at home and it might be good for them to be able to work from home a couple of days a week. They actually might like that and be productive and, and help them with their quality of life and balance of work, family responsibilities to, to be more productive, not only in their personal lives, but in their professional lives, which I, which I think is a good thing. And I, again, I don't think we would have ever thought about that, you know, pre-pandemic, at least not to the level we are now. Yeah, you know, I think we're definitely in a in a time uh, and coming into a time when we're increasingly managing um, people's uh, personal and professional lives uh, together, and and they have to manage it, and, and providing them the tools to do so is is an important uh, viewpoint. Um, so uh, I know um, institutions that are uh, that are are um, making plans to, uh, to make technology more available, to um, uh, sustain some of the uh, alternative uh, environments and modes of, of work. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's going to be the future. And, and it doesn't mean that it's, it's gonna be one size fits all, but it's going to mean that it's very important to be planful, to be mindful to, and adaptive and intentional in how work is designed going forward. Yeah, I think there's going to be opportunities to leverage technology in ways we haven't really uh, considered. And certainly um, working from home, policies have to be developed longer term certainly security um, and risk uh, mitigation will have to be considered as we move to a more uh, flexible approach to, you know, to, to our workspace. And I, I do like the idea of giving, giving staff and employees uh, the opportunity to work uh, from the office a few days a week and, and working from home. I think that work-life balance is really important. And I think employees are more productive when they're happier and when they have that work-life balance and they're able to really address their, you know, their life um, commitments and certainly still be able to be productive at work, uh, whether it's at the office or at home. And I think we're going to see more of the uh, mental well-being programs be implemented. I took a class yesterday for ergonomics and I think that's another area working from home, making sure that you have a good, uh, good office setup. I, I think at this point, it'd be good, uh, Tom, if you could share some advice that you have for other higher ed leaders for this year and beyond. Well, you know, not sure it would be advice as it is just kind of sharing thoughts that, that my colleagues have, I know, I know across the country. Um, I think it's important to not underestimate planning over execution. Sometimes we get in a big hurry to make a decision and start moving down a certain path, and we, we didn't give it the appropriate uh, planning 
And, and so then we find ourselves downstream, maybe not being where we, where we desired to be. I think it's important for campuses to relook at their strategic plans in light of where they think they may be going um, as an institution and, and to be you know, reflective and thoughtful about that and, and, and try to identify where those opportunities might be um, moving forward. Because if, if you have a good plan in place, then the execution really becomes just the byproduct of that and it, it pretty much will will take care of itself. You know, the question may be in information technology, what is the strategy? What is the platform gonna be? What is the learning management tool that, that strategically, you know, is going to be used? Um, what are those opportunities going to be for faculty to teach online, to teach via Zoom, to teach, you know, asynchronous or synchronous or what we call flex scheduling now as we look at the pandemic, you know, which students are going to be in the classrooms and which are not going to be in the classrooms and, and how to, and then how does information technology play into that? What is the right tool sets to put in place, not only you know, uh, in the classroom, but then that student should have. And, and you raised an excellent point, Joe, that we can't underestimate what is the um, environment like for your person who's out there telecommuting. I, I'm aware of several staff members who, when we started this pandemic, they weren't so wild about it and, and were not as productive because they were trying to use, you know, a computer that maybe wasn't connected very well. Maybe they didn't have a scanner or whatever. But once the institution stepped in and supported them with kind of setting them up much like they are at the office, you know, whether that's a need for dual screens or they need a need for a scanner or making sure that they've got the right hotspot to get the right connectivity, now all of a sudden you've changed the game for them. Working at home is as productive and as good as working from the office. And so now they embrace it better. So, you know, a lot of it is, is gonna be a lot of work in higher education on how do we communicate with our faculty, staff, students to embrace the change and how do we provide examples and opportunities where they feel the change and feel that that's positive because once they you know, decide that they will embrace it, uh, you know, your, your opportunity to move forward grows exponentially, as opposed to constantly, if you will, swimming upstream. If, if people are all aligned and believing this is a good direction to go, then, then the opportunity for the campus to move forward very effectively, uh, I think, increases dramatically. So again, it goes back to what we've been talking about. A lot of, a lot of concern and thought and planning needs to go into strategic plan, assessing the well-being of, the, of your human capital and then figuring out how you support your human capital moving forward to achieve the strategic plan that your institution has. Joe, I'll just, just add a few thoughts. I think Tom summarized it really well and listening to his points, you know, we have, we have more options and tools available than ever um, from the use of, of uh, cloud computing, um, mobile, uh, access so that you're not constrained to just being on campus or being in the office um, uh, and you have flexibility uh, to the use of effective use of analytics um, uh, and really being able to gauge how, how uh, effective and impactful your processes are and how you can streamline those uh, as you need to because there's too many areas that, that demand
and attention, and you want to be able to give it that, you want to be able to direct your attention to those areas uh, and, and not spend time on things that just you've been doing for, for years and years, if you can really streamline that. So I think that we have the tools available to make that happen now more than ever. Um, what it takes is, is thoughtful planning, as Tom talked about, also uh, really focusing on, on the people and the change and what they need to do to have the ability to make use of technology effectively, to have the leadership and guidance on, on where their priorities should be placed and keeping those all in alignment. And I think that requires attention and energy. And, and I think that's probably our next leadership challenge for higher education more broadly. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the points you both made and I, I certainly agree that there needs to be thoughtful planning uh, focus on uh, some core areas. I think strategic planning is, is an area that needs to needs to be revised. Uh, certainly, as uh, institutions begin looking at different ways to provide uh, services to students, as we kicked off this uh, conversation, we talked about reflecting on on 2020. That the phrase is, uh, we can do it. And I think looking forward, I would, I would argue that we can continue to do it and we can do it in a, in a really thoughtful and uh, productive and innovative way. And I, um, I'm excited because I think there's some uh, significant opportunities for higher education going forward. And um, it's, it's wonderful to be working in higher ed right now and, and being able to be a part of those changes and seeing uh, what we can become uh, in, in post-pandemic uh, times. So uh, any final thoughts, Tom or Clint? No, I think you've summarized things very well, Joe. Yeah. And Joe, thank you for pulling this together. This has been a, a, a fun discussion and it's always a pleasure um, being able to spend some time with Tom here. So, so this was great. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate both of you today, and I'm confident that the insights that we all shared uh, will provide our listeners, I think, with several key takeaways to consider. So I want to thank you both for joining me today. And uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google. Uh, check back next month for another great topic and guest. Until then, stay well. Stay well.